Let's open our Bibles this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15. When I say those words, those English syllables, 1 Corinthians 15, I hope you're thinking power. I hope you're thinking resurrection. I hope you're thinking mocking the grave. I hope you're thinking mocking death. 58 verses in 1 Corinthians 15 about one subject, the resurrection. And we don't get to celebrate it today because it's in John 20. This is the power chapter of the Bible, in a sense. This is the resurrection chapter of the Bible. And the resurrection is a very important distinguishing fact of our religion. The apostles, when they went and preached, whether it was in a synagogue or whether it was with Greek philosophers, or it was in the marketplace, whether it was before King Agrippa, they spoke about the resurrection. Because that is a preeminent, fundamental fact of our religion. And it's really next week. But today, we have to prove, and the Bible wants us to prove, that Jesus died and was buried. Otherwise, the resurrection of 20 can be questioned. And the resurrection of 1 Corinthians 15 can be questioned. And it was questioned, and it was overthrown in the church at Corinth. Verses 1 and 2. Moreover, brethren, this is the Apostle Paul, chapter after chapter of rebuke of how the Corinthians were doing things. Moreover, brethren, in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 15, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. There's a salvation in hearing and learning about the things we're going to look at today if we keep them in memory. To the degree we let them slip, then we lose the power of the gospel in our consciences, in our hearts and our minds, and the hope that it gives by the resurrection. Gospel here in verses 1 and 2, this gospel in verse 1 that I preached unto you, gospel means good news. It's an old English word meaning good news. It also means glad tidings. And it's, it's used that way as a synonym in our King James Version Bibles. This is the chapter of the Bible about resurrection truth. When you flip over to the end of this chapter, it's in verse 55 where it makes fun of death. And it mocks death. Right. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? So this chapter develops toward this point right here of making fun of death and the grave and cemeteries and burial. But it starts out by saying, keep in mind the things that I preached unto you. You once received them, don't move away from them. And that mocking of death and the grave in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 55 is from Hosea. So the Old Testament had it in prophecy. Paul had it. That when Jesus comes again, we can mock the grave. And it's all based on two facts. And those two facts are in verses 3 through 8 of 1 Corinthians 15. Now the gospel was identified in verse 1, and it's going to be explained or defined in verse 3. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. This is from Jesus Christ to Paul to us. 
I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died. Very important. Jesus Christ died. How that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Jesus died in such a way as that He satisfied all the scriptural accounts and the prophecies made about His death. And that He was buried. That's today. Verse 3 and the first part of verse 4. And that He was buried. And that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And that He was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that He was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that He was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all He was seen of me also, as of one born out of due time. Verse 3, died according to the Scriptures. Verse 4, was buried. And yes, it goes on to say, rose again the third day, but again it says according to the Scriptures. So we have according to the Scriptures, sandwiching this information that we have about his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at John's scripture, and he's going to appeal to other scriptures about the veracity or the truthfulness or the certainty of Jesus' death and his burial. Thank you, Lord. We don't get to have full resurrection joy yet because we're not to chapter 20. So we're going to stick with the death and the burial of Jesus in John chapter 19, and we'll get to it soon. Every word of John 19, 31 through 42, is about death and burial. And there's some things that John tells us that Matthew, Mark, and Luke just didn't tell us a thing about them. When, you re- when you're going to hear them today, Matthew, Mark, and Luke's account are quite different from John's account. Matthew, Mark, and Luke didn't say a thing about Nicodemus at any time, anywhere. But John's going to tell us. They didn't say anything about legs being broken. They didn't say anything about a pierced side. They didn't bring up any scriptures that were fulfilled. John's going to do all that. And John is particular about detail. And he's going to say in verse 35, the one that's writing these things to you is true. And he saw it. And what he wrote is true. So that you'll believe. So we we already know these things. But does we come together again so that we don't let these things slip? Because the certainty of Jesus' death... And the certainty of Jesus' burial is something you are going to experience yourself. Who wants to be the first one in here to next show us what a death and a burial is like? Charlie, I knew knew it. My brother Paul. There's two of you that are willing to give us a show and tell. I'll do the telling if you'll do the showing. If I do the showing, somebody else has to do the telling. Because it slips away from us. We don't want to think about death. We don't want to think about burial. You know, my mom's been in the ground for seven years now, and I, and I think about lifting the top off that vault and popping the top to the casket. I did it quite a bit last night, asking the Lord for a blessing today in our church. It'd be a mess. But I'm telling you something. John 20 is as true as John 19, and the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back. And so certain is his resurrection power. When he comes back, who's he going to get first? Those that are living or those that are already buried? Who's he coming back for first? The buried. So that you'll never forget what kind of power he has. But that's for today. 1 Corinthians 15. 
It's a wonderful chapter, and these first opening verses are, the gospel includes the scriptural account of death and burial of Jesus Christ. And Paul's reasoning all the way through this chapter is, if you're going to deny the resurrection of the human body, like your false teachers are doing, then you're denying the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because he's the first fruits. We're going to be checked over pretty thoroughly to make sure we're dead in a day coming soon. And then we're going to be buried pretty thoroughly. But he's the first fruits of them that slept. And all of us are going to follow him. He's going to tear the bars apart from this tomb that we're going to put him in today. But for today... Will you, be con- will you try to be content with a discontented preacher and stick with just death and burial for today because of scriptures like this? Amen. And we'll get the resurrection next Sunday. You know, some of the songs we sing, our songwriters don't know how to just sing about his death unless it's a communion song because the last verse or the, the last two verses, they want to get into his resurrection and into his second coming. And if our song leaders want to say, let's sing the first three verses of this song today, it's okay today. Because next Sunday we'll sing about his resurrection. This is a powerful chapter in the Bible. Our religion is very different. Jesus died according to the scriptures, and he was buried according to the scriptures, and he rose according to the scriptures, and we want to see that from John's pen by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank Thee, Lord of glory, for Thy Son, the Lord of glory, whom You have appointed at Thy right hand to rule the universe and have put all principalities, powers, authorities, might, dominion, and thrones under His feet. We thank Thee for Him. We thank Thee for the Scriptures, Old Testament and New Testament, Old Testament by prophecy, New Testament by recording factual events that they were eyewitnesses of about the death and burial of thy son. We thank thee, Lord of glory, for John 19. We thank thee for 1 Corinthians 15. But other than the first few verses, we've got to hold off on the glory and the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ until John 20. Lord, hear me. I've prayed to you all night about this. Have mercy upon us and grant us your spirit to see the words of the living God and to rejoice in the truthfulness of John's intent for us to believe that Jesus was most certainly in the flesh and died and was buried. Heavenly Father, the Christ wars theologically, heretically against your son had already started in the days of the apostles. We've looked at it before, but we do not want to fall for any of their lies. We know the Lord Jesus Christ had a real human body of flesh, bone, and blood, and not a bone was broken, and blood came out, and he had pericardial effusion, and he had pleural effusion, and water came out with that blood. When there was a great evacuation made under his ribcage by that soldier's spear, and the scriptures were fulfilled. We thank thee for sending thy son to die for us so that we can die cheerfully with great hope and peace in our souls, hearts, and minds. We thank Thee for the hope of the resurrection. And though it will not be our emphasis today, we cannot but mention it. Because, O Lord, to die without hope is indeed a miserable religion. 
but you've given us great hope and we thank thee for the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, be with us today. If these people are dependent upon me only, nothing will come of good. But by the blessing of your Holy Spirit, you can bless speaker and hearers alike that we can rejoice in your word and the truth of your gospel, the good news and glad tidings of good things that you have in store for us. Stir these people up. Stir me up, Lord. I don't feel like I can be stirred up much more, but stir me up much more. And stir these people with me. And let our praise come into thy holy presence, lifting up thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know all the other things we're thankful for, and we shall bless your name for them in detail in the second service. But for now, have mercy upon us, and hear our thanksgiving for thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our hope of eternal redemption. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. May the Lord bless us today.